Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, I'm Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, Oilers at Tampa Bay tomorrow to start a four-game road trip. It's on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 12.30. Puck will drop at 2. Tonight in the NHL, light day. Jets lead the Sabres 3-1. That's with about six minutes left in the second period. Panthers and Ducks get going in about half an hour. And earlier in Sweden, the Maple Leafs with three in the third to beat the Red Wings 3-2. Raptors lead the Celtics 1. Oh, no, it's tied. Uh, 101-101 is the score. Toronto and Boston, 90 seconds left in the game there. Tough one for the Oil Kings after two periods in Brandon. They trail the Wheat Kings 5-0 at Claire Drake Arena tonight. Late in the first period, U of A Golden Bears leading Regina 2-zip. Grey Cup is on 6.30, Ched, as we update the scoreboard for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. 4 o'clock, our coverage will start uh, for the Grey Cup between Montreal and Winnipeg. Kellen, hit me with a couple more uh, predictions, and then we'll do uh, do some more in ours at the end of the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bill texts in and says Winnipeg takes it 31-24, and Zach Caleros attributes the win to his lucky canned ham tattoo he got yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's that from? That is from Bill. I think Bill gets a canned ham shirt for hey, suggesting that Zach Kalaros. Winner, who, winner. Uh, I think people know uh, for, from 10 years of me hosting this show that Zach Kalaros is one of my favorite players to watch and to interview. He's probably been on this show for I don't know, half dozen times yes, over the yeah. years. Uh, I enjoy watching him. Just I, 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 I like the way he plays. I like his resilience. I like his ability. He is fun. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll give Bill a, a canned ham. Kellen will get in touch with you there, Bill. Mm. And we'll, 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 set up the, we'll, we'll set up the drop for the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> the the canned ham drop. Yeah, we, it's kind of like a black market thing. we got to do it under the table. <laughs> uh, Ron from your old stomping grounds here. Ron from Lloyd texting in and says, uh, Hi, Reed. Montreal 23, Winnipeg 19. Fajardo scores the winning TD. So Ron being very... Uh, okay, that's yeah, that's him. a nice specific... Well, that could happen. Uh, so he has it, that scenario, what would he have it as 19-16? Winnipeg late. Montreal mm-hmm. gets down there. Fajardo runs it in, mm-hmm. and they win the game. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, we'll get to some more later, but we got Kelly Rudy. He joins us every week here on the show. He is presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I'm doing very well. Great to have you back on the show. So, some things changed since the last time we talked. <laughs> well, surprisingly, um, yes, I, I was not expecting a coaching change. That's for sure. You know, it, it was certainly we knew it was possible. I mean, Rob and I, probably the most Rob and I talked about it was after the loss to San Jose, and that kind of seemed yep. to seal it based on what Holland and Jackson said, and then they beat Seattle on Saturday and they, they, you know, they had been out shooting teams to be fair, but apparently the uh, decision was, uh, was already made. Um, just sort of your thought process when you 
saw the the announcement Be- before we talk about the, the new coach i guess just the fact that they decided to fire woodcroft well i was shocked um i i was like a lot of people i think i saw elliot friedman's uh social media post about it and uh, i immediately sent him a text and i asked him really like and uh, who's the replacement and uh, uh i was boarding a plane at the time so it's not like we had a long conversation so um yeah i was uh i was not expecting it i, I kind of thought that that win uh in seattle would buy him some time and and see if they can get back on track they had two home games uh i was kind of expecting that those would be very important games to see if he'd keep his job. You know, I always, and I, you know, you know this about me. I always go to the human element about how this would affect the person that loses their job. And in this case, as uh, difficult as it would be for uh, Woodcroft, I think the good news is uh, most people around the hockey world think he's a tremendous coach. So I think he's going to get hired in no time. Uh, I think the opportunity will come it's just going to be a matter of when he wants to accept another head coaching job i thought he did a wonderful job his uh win-loss record would suggest the same thing um you know you know every coach has qualities and faults and so if you want to look at what some of the things that you know are out there maybe sometimes over coaching but man i'd rather have a guy like that that you can just sort of scale back a little bit than a guy that's unprepared or or uh doesn't treat his players the proper way so yeah i was definitely shocked and uh you know i i did not think that was going to happen at this point now isn't it funny reed so he gets fired but if they would have had that same record if they got off to a great great start and if he would have had that same record for a, a 11 game stretch or 12 game stretch in in January nobody would have thought about firing him right because they would have had they would have been in first or second place in the conference or division or whatever and it wouldn't have been an issue but you know you get off to a terrible start and that's the price sometimes the coaches pay and that's what Ken Hall had said he didn't feel they could wait another 10 games or whatever he said but uh yeah i mean it's interesting how short Woodcroft's tenure was given how much success the team had and the players the players did seem genuinely surprised like I thought with Dave Tippett there might have been a a sense that his tenure was just coming to an end you know and 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 the change was made I I didn't I mean I know we throw out the phrase lost the room a lot to the point that I kind of hate when I hear it because a team that loses, you know, a losing team hasn't necessarily quit on their coach or the coach hasn't lost the room. But I, I, didn't, right. get, I didn't get that sense that the players were, you know, tuning out Woodcroft or sick of him or anything like that. No, I didn't at all. Um, uh, I, you know, sometimes you can also see it coming because it looks like everybody's just annoyed with each other. And, and that's, you know, sometimes maybe a, a better way to say it than uh, losing the room or whatever, because, you know, the coach gets short with the players. Uh, the players have sort of had enough of the coach's attitude lately. You can't do anything right. It's funny, Reed. I, I uh, remember this 
one coach I had. He was an assistant coach. And uh, in case he wants to get job back, I'm not going to say his name, uh, but he described that whole thing really interesting to me. And it's, it's never been lost on me. And sometimes I have to remind myself not to do that as a broadcaster. So here's what he said. He goes, you know, Kelly, Usually when we first see you, you come to the team, whether you're traded, you're making out of uh, junior or college or whatever your path may be. All we can see are qualities. We love you. And then after four months, four years, you know, eight years, whatever that time is, we can't see any qualities. We can only find faults. And so that's sometimes what happens. And I just didn't see that with Woodcroft. I didn't see that they were at that point uh, at all from either side of it. It's interesting you bring that up after a certain number of years. And I was talking about this on the show earlier this week. I don't know if you remember this, but Larry Bird coached the Indiana Pacers. And he yep. said, I'm going to coach for three years. Cause when I was a player, I felt a coach had a three-year lifespan and he did that. And they went to, I think they went to the conference finals twice and the NBA finals once. And then he just right. said, okay, I'm done. It, I said three years. I meant oh. th- three years. Uh, and, and I yeah. said, I was saying, I hope the Oilers actually finally have a coach that is here for a long time. I said, I would, I would love it if yeah. Knobloch was a five-year coach and a caller, right. one of my regulars called in and said, Reed, I, I hope he wins. But I think basically probably three years is it's the lifespan of a coach. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but it is, it is interesting. It's such an important position in sports yeah. has, I mean, when a, when a company hires a CEO or a high level manager, they're not thinking yeah. three years and done. They want it him or her right. for life. And sports is yep. just so different that way. So different. And I don't know if I have an opinion about the three years. So, you know, there are exceptions. Like I, I when you were just saying that, I was like, man, I would have missed the opportunity to have been coached by Al Arbor then because he would have been long gone, right? And so yeah. <laughs> and that's that's one of my greatest thrills in life to say that Al was my coach and and uh you know, so I would have lost that amazing opportunity. And there are other guys like that, like John Cooper. I mean, he's been there what seems like forever. Um, but at some point, you know that is going to probably end also, but I don't know what that right number is. I just know that at some point it probably does go a little bit stale. And, and, you know, here's the other thing, um, whether they want to admit it or not, coaching is so hard and it takes a toll on everybody. Like there, there's very few exceptions. When you look at their picture, when they're first hired, and when you look at their picture, when they're, when they're uh, near the day that they're going to get fired, they look about 800 years old in comparison to the day that they were hired, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Kelly Rudy joining us at Inside Sports. So Chris Knobloch comes in, and the one thing I did say on the weekend, we did a special show on Sunday. You know, he's been identified for a while as an up-and-coming coach. So if you would have told me, yeah. hey, a year from now, Knobloch's going to be coaching in the NHL, I, I would have said, sure. I just didn't think it would have been the Oilers quite this quickly. Um, yeah. You know, you, you like you said, you had Al Arbor. You had some longevity with your coaches. You would have had some new coaches. When a new coach comes into a dressing room, whether it's midseason or at the start of training camp, what is it important that he established? Like when you first met a new coach, what made you think like, oh, okay, I, I uh, you know, I'm willing to, this, this guy seems like he's someone I, I want to get to know and listen to here. 
I want a, a presence. I want a big presence. I want a, a confident person. I want a guy that can walk in that room, no matter how intimidating that room may be. And in the Oilers case, with two of the best players on the planet, walk into that room and give the aura that he's in control of everything, that nothing that's going on bothers me. I'm not flustered. I can handle every situation, uh, good and bad. And I want that person to stand in there and look like the most confident person uh, on the planet. And that's so important to me. I, I like, I like people that have a presence and really believe in themselves. And then as a player, I gain strength from that. Interesting. Knobloch seems very understated and very calm. And again, when I say yeah. these things, I'm not saying Woodcroft wasn't. I'm just saying my yeah. impressions yes. of him. But it's so. But you can be. Um, I guess you can have humility and still have a presence, and your words can still carry weight. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying you have to be a, a conceited jerk uh, <laughs> that 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 loves himself. You just have to have a presence and that confidence that, uh, you know, it just sort of, it's there. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to brag to anybody about what you've accomplished at every level. You just know that everybody's aware of what you've done. And, and I belong here. I belong here just like you belong here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me a quick riff on the, uh, on the flames. They were able to get a big win last night over Vancouver. Yeah, they're getting better. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're they're out of the woods yet, but uh, they're certainly playing a lot better. They're cutting down their goals against. Uh, they're not. Here's the biggest thing, Reed. They're not turning the puck over as often. Uh, and last night, although I was going to say it's a real good example, but maybe in fairness, the Canucks were tired. There's no question about it. The Canucks flew home from Montreal on Sunday. Uh, then they had the game on what Wednesday at home. And then they played last night in Calgary. So they were definitely tired, uh, but the flames give them credit. They, they took care of business. They really had a good second period. I think they outshot Vancouver 17, five last night. And uh, that put them in a good spot to finish them off in the third, but seeing a lot of improvements that's for sure reed okay kelly always a pleasure to have you on the show we'll do this again next week my friend you got it thanks reed have a great weekend yeah thanks kelly interesting stuff there from kelly about uh you know when a coach might be done with a team and what he wants from a new guy coming into the dressing room kelly's weekly appearances are powered by sentinel storage shop canadian store canadian head to sentinelstorage.ca chris knoblock's the new coach of the oilers he will try to go three and oh tomorrow against the tampa bay lightning the oilers have won three straight 12 30 face-off show game at two here on 6 30 chet of course we're also getting you ready for the Grey Cup, which is on 6.30, Chad, Sunday at 4. Uh, we'll get to some more of your predictions, and Kellen and I will make our guaranteed-to-be-correct picks. It's Inside Sports on Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay, hope you're having a great Friday night. Thanks for spending part of it here. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Grey Cup is Sunday. We want your prediction. Winning team, final score, something else amusing or interesting. Let's uh, get uh, some more in here, Kel, and then we will give ours. Mm-hmm. Last call for predictions. Last call for predictions. Well, probably got to already be in, yes. Uh, Shirley texts in, and she's in Leduc, and she says, Hi, Reed, my prediction for the Grey Cup. Montreal 34, Winnipeg 17. Montreal wins in the fourth quarter when Coach Jason Moss has to step in as quarterback. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> what theater that would be. He's putting himself in, folks. <laughs> that's a good one, Shirley. That's, a, that's strategy from the 1950s right there. So, <laughs> uh, We also got one from Jason. I, I don't think it's Jason Moss because he's saying that Winnipeg will beat Montreal. He's got 27-12, but he's going to set the line, Reed Wilkins. Oh, jeez. Okay. At Jason Moss' sideline freakouts at two and a half. Well, an, emotion, an emotional player. Uh, I'm glad to see Jason doing well. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that he has put together a run here at the end of the season because his last two years in Edmonton, the team started well and then really did bad in the, in the second half of the year. So they were kind of good, then mediocre, and then finished really strong. But, yes, he does tend to not be shy about the uh, odd cuss word along the way, for sure. Mm-hmm. Rob's got a overtime final, 34-33 for Winnipeg is his prediction. So he predicts that the game will be in overtime. In overtime, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's see, I got those two. Going to roll down. And one here from Tyler is texted in and says Montreal will beat Winnipeg. He's got 27-20 for the final for that. Okay. Probably a few more picks for for Winnipeg, I would say, just informally, but close. Uh, I'm going to say this, guys. I I don't buy it with Montreal. I think think they're a second-tier team in a a league that usually only has three tiers. Um, I think the – give them credit for what they did. I mean, they came in here and fell behind the Elks and stormed back to win. They're, They're playing with some confidence. Uh, I think Toronto, though, lost the East final as much as Montreal won it. I will take Zach Kalaros over Cody Fajardo any day, and I know there might be a couple players over Winnipeg. I, I just think they have the hunger after losing it last year. They still have a great team, and, and I just think they know exactly what to do. I do think it'll be interesting, and I do think it'll be relic- well, kind of lower scoring, maybe slightly below average. But I think Winnipeg will kind of be in control and be able to put it away. I'm going to take Winnipeg 27, Montreal 16. Mm-hmm. Well, Reed, uh, I'm going to go back to something that I used earlier this year with the Super Bowl. I'm going to go back and utilize the same technology that I used for my Super Bowl predictions, <laughs> for my Grey Cup predictions, because it exists now. There is CFL Scoragami. 
Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. So there we go. So just a quick <laughs> a quick refresher on Scoregami. It's basically a giant chart that lists every possible score that uh, you could have for a final score in a professional football league, in this case the CFL. Uh, you look at it, colored in charts are scores that have happened, and white blocks are scores that have never happened. So I'm going to predict that we'll see a first-time final score in the CFL on Sunday for the Grey Cup. I'm going to go Montreal over Winnipeg, 44-20. There's never been a game that's ended 44-20? According to the chart, there Wow, that's shocking. Okay. Kellen's taking Montreal with a 44-20 win. Face-off show at 12.30 tomorrow for the Oilers and Lightning. I'll talk to you then. Have a good night.